It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Prayer International Radio. This is our Monday night broadcast. It feels sort of weird since this was actually a holiday and I didn't go to work today. But that being said, another blessing from the Lord. So, two hours, the next two hours, um, prayer for your needs, um, prayer for the nations, um, prayer for your families, your friends, pretty much anything you need prayer for, we're here. Um, interceding on your behalf, um, agreeing with you, and standing with you on the Word of God for your life. Um, we'll spend a lot of time in worship tonight, spend time in the Word of God, seeking His face. Father, Lord, we come together in your name. Father, seeking only your grace and your mercy, Father, seeking your presence in our lives, Lord, seeking that we might hear from you, Father, that we might understand and gain revelation and knowledge into the excellence of your power in our lives, Father, that we may understand and receive revelation of the abundance of your love that has been poured out in our lives, Father, and of the amazing sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, and what that really means for us who are believers and for us who trust in your name. Father, let your word fill us tonight, Father. Let it become alive, Father. Become a fountain of living water, Father, that we can drink and never be thirsty, Jesus, that we can come to you, Father, and never be hungry, Father. Lord, take our desires tonight and place them on you, Father. Take our thoughts and our intentions and our hearts, Father. Take our minds, Father, and let them be placed only upon you, Father. And tonight, glorify your Son, Jesus Christ, in these next two hours, Lord. And through the broadcast, Father, through the lives of those who are listening on air, Father, those who may be listening to an archive later on, Father, for it really doesn't make a difference to you, Lord, for your word declares that as many call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Any who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Father. Your word declares that you know the things we need before we even ask him, and so we should first seek your kingdom and your righteousness, and all things will be added unto us, Father. Lord, and we declare that we believe your word to be true in our lives, Father, and we lay our lives down at your feet, Father. Trust in you for everything in our lives, Lord, declaring that you are not only our Savior, but that you're also our Lord, Father. You're also our King, Father. Lord, that you are Jehovah Nissi, our banner, Father. That you are Jehovah Rophe, our healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord. Father, Jehovah Dekisinu, our righteousness. I think I got that one right. Father, you are God over all creation, over all heaven and earth. Lord, you said the heavens and the earth are yours, Father. The earth is yours in the fullness thereof. And there's nothing that was made that wasn't made by you, Father, and all these things in our lives belong to you, and we ourselves were bought with a precious price from the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father. So even we belong to you, Lord, as we have been, we have been bought with a precious price. And not only that, Father, but you chose through the abundance of your love, Father, <clears throat> to adopt us into your kingdom, Father, to adopt us into your family, and consider us no longer strangers and foreigners, but you said that we are fellow citizens, with the saints and the members of the household of God, Father, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ, your Son, being the chief 
cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple for your presence, Lord. And Father, your word declares that we are being built together for a dwelling place of your Holy Spirit, Father. And just as on the day of Pentecost, even now, Father, we seek your presence in this earth, Father. We seek a move of your spirit into this earth, Lord. We will boldly declare your words into the earth, Lord, and trust you to confirm your word, Lord, with signs and wonders, Father, not only in our our lives, Father, but also in the lives of every person we come in contact to, Lord, for the rest of the night, Father, tomorrow, Lord, for even now there's people listening to the broadcast, Father, who it already is tomorrow, Lord. Father, but your presence is everywhere, Lord. You're omnipresent. Your word declares through David, Father, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your spirit? Everywhere we go, you are, Father. Lord, and we trust our lives to you right now, Jesus. We lay every weight, we lay every hindrance, Father. Anything that would prevent us from hearing your voice, Jesus, we lay it aside right now seeking that your Holy Spirit reveal to us the things of your heart, Father, that your Holy Spirit reveal the things of your mind. Lord, that we can have the mind of Christ tonight, Father. Holy Spirit, have complete and total control over this broadcast, Father, over every word that is spoken, Lord. Father, your word declares in Ephesians that we should have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Father. And Lord, we pray tonight, Father, for a revelation, Father, for a new revelation into the knowledge of you, Father. Lord, take us from this place, Father, from this lowly place of human thought, Father, and take us up so we can see and think as you think, Father. Wisdom and revelation, Father, and the knowledge of you. Lord, let the eyes of our understanding be flooded with light that we would know what is the hope of your calling, Lord. Your word declared over us while we were still, before we were even formed in our mother's womb, you had declared and spoke a purpose over our lives, Father. Lord, over us, over our family, over our children, Father, even over those in this world who have yet, not yet come to the knowledge of your son, Father. For even over them, you have spoken your word and declared that they have a purpose, Father. Declared that they are your children. Father, and so we ask that you would reveal your presence in this earth, Father. You would reveal the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, into this earth, Father. As far as the east is from the west, Lord, that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted and magnified. That his name would be lifted up, Father, in every city, in every state, Father, every country, every nation, every continent, Father. That the glory which you have given him, Father, would be magnified in this earth, Lord. Like it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father. So we declare that your words, Lord, are true, Father. Your will be done in this earth, in our lives, Father. We lay aside our expectations, Father, of what we thought you could do, Father, and we trust your word that says that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, Father. Father, we trust in your word where, Jesus, you said that you are the good shepherd, you said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that you have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Father, you said you know the thoughts you think for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. You said to Joshua to be strong and of good courage, for you are with us wherever we go. Father, and you said this book of the law shall not depart from our mouths, 
that we shall meditate on it day and night, for then we will make our way prosperous and have good success, Father. So we choose this night, Lord, to set our faces on as a flint, Father, to enter into the Holy of Holies, Father, by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we come boldly to the throne of grace in which your word declares that we are accepted in a time of need, Father. And so, Jesus, be glorified tonight. Be glorified, Father, Holy Spirit. Touch those people out there who don't know you that may be listening, Father. Father, touch their hearts and give them revelation into who you are in their lives tonight, Father. For those that believe in you, Jesus, Father, increase their belief, Father. Increase their knowledge, Father. Increase their hunger and thirst for you, Lord. Father, if there is anybody that listens tonight, Father, who needs a touch from you, Father, meet them at the point of their need, Lord. Meet them at the point of their need, Father, and reveal to them your presence tonight, Father. Reveal to them that you are true to your word, Lord. Father, so we ask for signs and wonders tonight, Father. We ask for deliverances and healings, Father. Father, we ask for the restorations of relationships between husband and wives, sons and daughters, sons and fathers. Father, that you would restore families, Father. You would restore friends, Father. You would restore relationships, Father. Lord, and most of all, that you would restore relationships with the world to yourself, Father. You said that you were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, Father. And you said that you have even given us the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling the world unto you. So, Father, show us your word tonight. Reveal to us your presence tonight. Reveal to us your love tonight in a new and a deeper way, Father. Father, not an old revelation and not old words of knowledge, Lord, but tonight, let your word become alive. Let it become alive in our hearts, Father. Let it become alive in our families. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Our call in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, um, give us a call. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything. I'm coming after you. 
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog, who will be joining us in the second hour of our broadcast. Our calling number tonight is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call. If you can't make it to a phone and you need prayer, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or go to our website, which is prayerinternational.org. And there is a 1-800 number, Facebook, MySpace, pretty much wherever there's a place to go. I think we're pretty much there. Um, And we live to make intercession for you, just like the Lord Jesus Christ who makes intercession for us. Okay, that'll work, Holy Spirit. Um, So, verse in the Bible says um, that Jesus... Once he ascended to the Father, has become an intercessor, as he always was. But it says that he lives to make intercession, uh, intercession for the saints, and it says he's our chief advocate. 
he is, if you will, our our defender, our lawyer. He is the person who goes to bat for us in all circumstances. He is the direct barrier that stands between the accuser and the father. And so every time the accuser stands up and says, well, they did this or they did this, and Jesus stands up and all he has to say is, covered by my blood. And the enemy will say something else, and Jesus will be like, nope, covered by my blood. And the enemy will declare something in our lives to us, and Jesus will stand up and say, nope, covered by my blood. Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And point to us when he says it. And that pretty much settles it. Um, Which is true. Um, The ironic thing is, most of us, um, even some of us who've been Christians for years, have absolutely no clue what Jesus would say about us. We think we know. We read the Bible on it. Um, But we really don't know. Deep down inside, some of us really wonder when we get to that point where we meet him, um, where we see him for the first time. You know, the Bible says that um, we see in part and know in part, but when we, we see him, everything will be known, pretty much. And it says we will be like him, for we'll see him like he is. Um, you know, it's interesting. Before the broadcast, I was standing outside and looking up at the stars and realizing, you know, just hundreds of years ago, people would go out and they'd see the pretty stars in the sky and they'd be like, oh, those are nice. I don't know what they are, but they're great. And we would have, we would come up with some kind of concept to explain the things around us to the best of our human knowledge. And we would be utterly and totally wrong for the most part. Um, we would have a small glimmer of an idea and then, um, a new breakthrough in technology would come along and we would get another piece of information and we'd be really happy and really amazed at how great our progress of knowledge was that we could figure something out and yet we still didn't have a clue. And, and, and it wasn't until, you know, then the invention of the telescope and then men can start really seeing the stars and the moon and the planets and to the extent now that we can see solar systems and stars that are like light years away and to explain a light year it's farther than anybody's ever going to travel um that's my definition of a light year um which is pretty much true it's a it's the distance that light can travel in a year which is pretty far um and i say all that to say that we as in our relationship with the Father and our relationship in the grand scheme of the universe and the spiritual realm that is exists all around us, but that we can't see with our human eyes, and it's there. You know, um, Smith Wigglesworth one time said, "The things that I don't see are more real than the things I do," um, because you know there is a spiritual battle. Even Paul said, "He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood." against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And so, I mean, even in Hebrews it says, for since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and the weight, I mean, every weight and every sin and the sin that so easily besets us. Because, you know, when you, you go through your life on this earth, 
um, whether you're a Christian or whether you're, whether you're not a Christian, you can only see so far in front of your face. You only have so many senses. I mean, you can taste things, smell things, feel things, and hear things, but then that only gives you a small glimmer of the real picture of what's going on around you in your life. You don't see the angelic host and the the angels that the Father has sent to bring deliverance in specific situations. You don't see the battle that's constantly going on between the armies of the enemy and the armies of the living God. And you know, and it comes down in the in between those two, these two armies, it usually always comes down to what you believe and whose side you declare that you're on and whose side even ignorantly whose side you side with. Because, you know, I'll give you an example. The word, I mean, you hear a voice in your head that says, okay, well, I'm worthless. I can never do this. I'm the most horrible person in the world. And, you, and you know, we all think things like that at times, and it just it's a thought that just pops in your head. Well, whether you realize it or not, not every thought that you think is actually yours. You hear thoughts in your head all, all day long, but it doesn't mean they're your thoughts just because they came from your own head. Um, because there could be thoughts that come into your mind that are yours, which is true. But then there's the voice of the Father that you can hear at times. And then there's the voice of the enemy that you can hear at times. And ironically, they pretty much all have the same voice, or they sound pretty much the same to us in the beginning. And that we hear all these thoughts, and we're like, okay, well, I'm thinking it. It must be me. Um, I, You know, if I have this thought. I just I can't make it. I don't want to go on anymore. Um, there's no reason for me to make it. There's no reason for me to go on. I might as well just throw myself off a building. Well, is that you or is it the enemy actually putting thoughts in your head and you're just like, huh, well, I thought it. Maybe that, you know, that's true. Maybe I should no. See, there's the problem is that we only see in small slivers. And so if you don't learn to distinguish the spiritual realm being as as much a part of your life as a physical realm, then you're going to miss 90% of the world around you. And all right, time out, break. We're going to pay for, let's see, I'm not even going to pronounce the name because I'm going to get it horribly wrong, but it's Syag Cremo, I believe, um, from Nigeria, who has just been sentenced to five years in prison for sharing his Christian faith. Wow. <laughs> I can just see him. Is it? A, I think it's a him. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, I can just see him like Paul being inside the prison and developing this amazing relationship with a father. You know, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Um, but, you know, it's when you actually put your faith at risk and you put your life at risk, it's easy to actually die for the gospel, whether or not you realize it or not. It's easy for someone to come up to you with a gun and point it to your head and you and say, denounce the Lord Jesus Christ right now or I'm going to blow your head off. And you're like, oh, well, and then you make that really quick choice. No, I'm not going to ever denounce Jesus. And then you're dead and you're with the Father. and Or the people who don't have the boldness and then say, okay, whatever. And then they obviously didn't really believe it to begin with. But, you know, it's one thing to, to die for your faith. It's a completely another one to go out there and live for it to actually go about the persecution and to live the life that Jesus lived and to actually to, and to take the word of God and what it says that our lives will end up being like if we become those people that the disciples were, which 
is what he is. I mean, sinister. I mean, and people in places like the United States, they don't really think that this stuff can happen. But if you go to almost any other country out there, it actually does. And you know, Ecclesiastes says there's not much new under the sun. But and and it's true because you know, Jesus said if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you a whole lot more. But it's not because of you. It's in the long run. It's because of me. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we ask for the opening of the prisons right now in your name by your Holy Spirit, Father, that your Holy Spirit would go, your ministry angels would go, Father, and bring release to his jails right now, Father. And in the meantime, until the moment that happens, Father, I pray for a visitation from your presence, Father, a visitation, Lord, in the cell where he is at right now, Father, Lord, that you quicken his mind right now in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, Father. Give him wisdom and revelation, Lord. Father, give him discernment right now, Father. Let him see with new eyes, Father. Let him see in the spiritual realm and to see the things that are really happening in the spirit world around him, Father. Lord, get, quicken his ears, Father, to hear your voice clearly. Father, give him words of wisdom, Father. Like your word declares that when we're brought up before the before judges, judges and rulers, do not even worry about what we're going to speak, but that you will give us in that hour the things that you should speak, Father. So right now, Father, your word declares that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, Father. So, Lord, Father, we ask for an increase, Father, in the ministry and the anointing upon his life, Father. We ask for an increase in the salvation, Father, that even where he's at in the jail cell, Father, there is someone that's going to be next to him that is needing to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. And we know that you have placed him in this situation for a specific reason, Father. Lord, so I pray you'd give him strength and courage, Father. You said that your strength is sufficient and your grace is made perfect in our weakness, Father. So, Father, we ask for your will to be done right now, Father, and that your holy fire would consume him, Father, and everyone around him, Father. Lord, and give him the boldness to speak your words, Father, and to speak the truth of the gospel, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, it's interesting. Um, most of us, if we got into a jail cell, and for whatever reason, the first thing was like, oh, what was me? My life is over. For people like Sia, if I got that right, and um, Paul, it's really a sign that your life's just begun because then you're actually living a life and you're actually walking a life. And then you're actually getting into places that you would have never gotten to before. And you never know the divine appointments that the Lord is going to pass you through. And, you know, he said, though you pass through the water, they will not overtake you. Though you go through the fire, it will not consume you. And because the only consuming fire we have in our life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he even declared, I'm a consuming fire. But, you know, Paul was thrown into jail, he was beaten, all these things happened to him that most of us only would could only dream about or think about if we watched him on TV in a movie. But for those who are in underground churches and out in the world doing the things that the rest of us just talk about, for them, I mean, these are real scenarios, they're real things, there's real beatings, real, like, deaths that happen. And for preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, why? Because the enemy is scared that someone's going to turn by hearing the gospel. And so he attempts to silence them any way he can through the motivations of men's own hearts to prevent the gospel from going forth. 
because, you know, it's a control thing where the enemy will try to control as much as possible to prevent the someone from giving their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, which they'll never be able to do unless someone preaches the gospel to them. Because Paul even said, he said, how will they hear the gospel if no one goes to them, and how, how will someone go to them if no one's been, if no one's sent to them? And, and so you have to look at the world and our lives in general. I mean, and it doesn't matter if you're a person who's sitting in a jail cell because you were preaching the Lord Jesus Christ or if you're getting up and you have to work at Starbucks in the morning. There is a spiritual world around you that you can't possibly understand and realize without coming to the point of seeking his face and having and getting revelation uh, from his word about what's really out there. Um, because, you know, um, I'll give you a story, um, one of my many stories that I always give every night, um, which is ironic. I wasn't planning on talking about this tonight, um, but I was thinking about this story earlier. Um, there was a man... Um, who had been wanting to see in the spiritual realm. He wanted to see what was really out there. And so he prayed and he fasted and he prayed and he fasted and was asking the Lord to open his spiritual eyes, which um, through the grace and mercy of the Lord, they're act for most for the, for almost all of us, they're close. So we don't see what's out there, but um, which is good because if we saw it, then we wouldn't have such a measure of faith we have because Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and have not yet seen. Um, but anyway, so this guy prays and prays and prays, and finally one day, snap, he opens his eyes, and all of a sudden something else happened. His spiritual eyes were open, and he walked outside, and he could see angels, and he could see demons, and he could see, I mean, like he said he would see buses of people driving down the street, and in a bus, he said there was like no free space in the bus, even over people's heads, because there were so many, like, like demons that were attacking people and attaching themselves, and and um, and having like a spirit of oppression over them. It's like having a dark cloud over your life, where, um, where literally you walk around your life, and you, all of a sudden you just feel this like horrible weight of a dark cloud upon you. And you think it's just you or you're just your emotions. Well, in reality, it may not be your emotions. It may be that the enemy is trying to attack you in that specific area. Because, you know, the the enemy knows you better than you know yourself because he's been around since you were born and um, way before you, were ever, you ever came into existence. And so he has experience in dealing with men and manipulating and um, twisting the word of God and... Um, and he knows the areas that we struggle and the areas when we're weak, and he, he pays attention to know what will affect us, which is why we have to be rooted and grounded in the truth, and we have to be rooted and grounded in the Word, and we have to know the Word of God so much to the point that when the enemy twists the Word, we know what the Word of God, what the real Word of God says, and so we can combat the lies of the enemy with the Word of God. When he says you'll never be righteous, we can go back and say, well, the Bible declares I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Um, and so there's a spiritual realm around us that we can't see. But just like um, men who look up at the heavens and gaze into the stars with their physical eyes, they can't really see what's really out there. But then when they get a, something like a telescope and then they look through different eyes, 
then they actually can see a clearer picture of what's really out there. And, you know, the farther and farther that we get in technology to discovering the universe around us and the world around us, the more it gives us the ability for God to be glorified, for us to really see what's really out there, what he's really made by the works of his hands, um, things that, insights that um, we'll never be able to comprehend, um, never be able to see in this lifetime, even if we had the ability to. And... But someday when this is all said and done and the earth and the world have passed away and we're in eternity with the Father, we'll see the things that he's actually done. We'll see with 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 eyes that aren't hindered and blinded by the flesh that we live in and the senses that we get so caught up in that we trust in our senses more than we trust in the Word of God. Um, which is something that happens a lot. You know, like it's like the story with Jesus um, fighting the enemy when he was being drawn into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted, and it wasn't the Holy Spirit wanting him to be tempted. You know, the Father, um, the testing of your faith produces patience, and it's only through a battle that you gain character. You're never going to gain character unless you have to go through a place where you develop the character, and there's never going to be a victory unless there's a battle. Ever. Unless the unless the Lord lets you lead, leads you into battles, or He can be glorified through the battle, and through winning the battle, then there's never going to be a victory in your life, because there's nothing that to be victorious over. Luckily, the work's already been done. It reminds me of the children of Israel brought up to a high mountain, and there was an enemy coming to attack him, and the father was like, "Put down your weapons. It's my battle." And he said, all I want you to do is stand there and I want you to lift up your voices and exalt me and praise me and watch what the work of my hand will do in your life. And so they don't have their weapons and they're lifting up a shout of triumph to the Lord. Not for what he's about to do, because they hadn't yet seen it, but for what he could do and just for who he was. Remembering how he had delivered them in the past. Remembering all the things that the Father had done for them in the past. Remembering who he really was in their life and who he really was in the scheme of all the world. I mean, what armies can possibly come against us as children of God if we serve the uncreated king of heaven and earth? Like Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. And it doesn't come from the works of our own hands. It comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And it comes through the blood of Jesus. It says that they overcame them by the word of the Lamb and the blood, the, blood of, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb declares us righteous before God, perfect, has declared us perfect in the presence of God, even though we're still being sanctified. It gives us free access to the Father, to the holy place, that once we were once had no access, and now we have access to boldly walk into the throne room of the living God and to stand in the presence of the living God. Not being someone who's unworthy, but being someone who's been found worthy from the blood of Jesus, being clothed in a white robe, given a new song that the Lord has put in our mouth, declaring praises to the Father that we have been redeemed from the foundation of the world and that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
and as we can fully come before the Father rejoicing what he's already done in our lives and what he's already done to us and through us. And you get to the place of rejoicing, then the enemy doesn't really have to really the enemy doesn't really stand a chance. Because when you're praising the Father, you're not thinking about your own circumstances or what you have to do. Your mind is stayed upon him. And then you're trusting in him to do the things that he's already really good at, which is delivering us from the enemy and placing our feet steadily upon a rock. And becoming our exceedingly strong tower and becoming our shield and our banner. But it all comes when you take your you take your eyes off of yourself and off your circumstances and put them on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we we go about in the world, and um, we were talking about our thought processes and how we think things, um, and the fact that we don't always hear just our thoughts. Well, when you get to the point where you start reading the scriptures and you start taking the scriptures and you start memorizing the scriptures, not just so you can say that you memorize a bunch of scriptures, but so that the Holy Spirit has something to actually use in your life. Because the Holy Spirit can take those scriptures, which are living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then when the enemy comes up and tries to fill your mind with nonsense, then you have the word of God to actually fight against the enemy. And declare what's really true in your life. And so then when you see a situation out in the world and you don't know how to address the situation, you don't have to turn around and leave and say, okay, well, I'm going to go. I know this person needs to be prayed for and I know they need healing. And yeah, the doctor said they only have a day or two left to live or whatever. But, you know, I just don't feel it right now. I'm going to go over here, I'm going to go fast, I'm going to go pray, and let me let me try to get spiritually ready on the inside so then I can come back and I can address the need and I can be in the position that theoretically I should have always been in to begin with, but let me go get that go get in that position and then I'll come back to you. But the Bible the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says to be ready in season and out of season. It means to constantly be ready. No matter what, so that when the opportunity comes and presents itself for you to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are already ready to do it, that you already have the Word of God inside your heart, hidden inside your heart, so that you already know the Word of God. So you don't have to go and try to work something up and come to some spiritual climax in your life and your emotions so you're so emotional that you can push yourself over some boundary that you didn't think you can get in but a steadiness and actually being rooted and grounded in the truth and unmovable, not based on your own strength, but the strength that comes from the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life and what the Word declares in your life and what the power of the Holy Spirit really is in our lives. The same resurrection power, the same power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and through the Father created all things. That same Holy Spirit who was given to us, and you know Jesus himself said, it, it is for your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't send you the Holy Spirit. And so you get the knowledge and you get the revelation in your life. So that way, when you get to the situation and you walk into a hospital room and there's someone laying in a hospital bed, and everybody else is weeping and crying. 
you immediately can tap into the voice of the Father. And you can be like, okay, I don't care what I see. I don't care what my emotions tell me. I don't care what I'm hearing with my ears and what the doctors are saying or the negative words that are being spoken by everybody else or what the expectation of the world is in a physical situation that is actually superseded by a spiritual situation, which is the faith and the belief and the word of God to interact in the physical realm. If someone is willing to stand up and trust God and take him at his word and come into agreement with the Father based on what his word already said about the situation you're in, then you can walk up to that hospital bed and you can lay hands on the person and you can speak the word of God over that person. And you can see that person being delivered, and you can see that person healed, and you can see that person set free. But if, your only thought, if the only thought process you have is what you're seeing with your eyes, which says they're sick, they're dying, whatever else, well, you know, that's fine. That's the way the world wants to see it, but we don't see it like that. The Bible says they, that the world can't, can't understand the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. But we don't have the same spirit of the world. We have the Holy Spirit of the living God who is given to us. The guarantee of our inheritance, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The same Holy Spirit that reveals all things of the Father to us and prays for us and prays through us with groanings that cannot be uttered and prays the will of the Father through, through us and in us for our lives and for those around us. Well, if you have that kind of a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you're partnering up with the Holy Spirit when you're going about your daily life, it won't matter if you're in church or if you're in a supermarket or if you're at the store getting your tire fixed or wherever you're at. You can be in school. It really doesn't matter because all of a sudden you're not thinking like the rest of the world thinks. You're not thinking... Whenever the enemy comes in, you're immediately combating the word of the enemy with the word of God taking captive every knowledge or every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and take it into captivity through the Word of God. And taking the, the Word of God, you know, Chris speaks on this almost every night, I think, is the positive confession of the Word of God in your life. You know, you can sit around and listen to some self-help tape about positive thinking and it'll only go so far. And in the extent of the ability of it, of it in your life is the physical is the physical limits of what you can do in the physical realm. But see, we don't operate in the physical realm. It says we are seated in heavenly places within Christ Jesus. It says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so if you want to really know the power and the authority we have in this earth, all you need to do is look to the Lord Jesus. He said, the things that I do, you'll do greater because I go to my Father. And he said, if you ask anything in prayer, believe in you shall have the things that you ask. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The Bible says, and this is the confidence we have, that if we know he hears us, and if we know he hears us, we know to have the things we ask of him. 
and if two or more of us are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst. And if you're in a hospital, and let me just throw this out there, and if you're in a hospital room and there's not another person that is willing to stand in faith and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what you do is you kick every single person out of the hospital room. And so then it's just you and the Holy Spirit, and there's your two right there. Because whether you realize it or not, this is all a partnership. And this isn't you by yourself trying to wage a spiritual war against the host of wickedness. No, you have the enti- all the armies of the living God at your back, and you have the Holy Spirit who dwells in you and with you so that you are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. And you know, when you take the word of God and then you start declaring it, over those situations. The enemy can throw as many fiery darts at you as you want, as he wants to. But it says to take up the shield of faith, with which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. But you won't have any faith unless you're spending time in the Word. For the book of James says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And getting the revelation that only comes from spending time with him. And getting the revelation that only comes from seeking his faith. And getting the revelation that only comes through a life that has dedicated itself to hearing from the voice of the Father and to declaring that the things of the Father are what takes precedence in your life above your physical senses. And you know, at times, we have to get a telescope, which is the Bible, and it's the presence of the Father. And we need to get a telescope and shine it not only upon our situation, but we also need to shine it in our own hearts to see if there's any areas in our lives that we've allowed to become a separating wall between us and the Father. Because, you know, sin may not always cost you your salvation, but sin will cost you your relationship with the Father. Because once you have sin in your heart, then it makes it harder for you to draw near to him. Even though there's absolutely no reason for you not to. But it's an attitude of the heart. Because the first place you should be going is usually the last place you're going to go. Because the shame that the enemy tries to place on you will overpower your senses so that you no longer want to be in the presence of God because you're scared. Or you don't feel worthy. So the last place that you go which should be the first place, is the presence of God, because the Bible declares, come boldly to the throne of grace. And it says, if anybody has sinned, we have an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous. And you know, there was a book that Joyce Myers wrote once that was called Battlefield of the Mind. And 99% of the battle you're going to face in this world is not going to happen in the physical world around you. It's going to happen between your two ears. It's going to happen what happens up in your mind and what words are constantly flowing up there and what words are constantly flowing in your spirit. Is it the word that the enemy has tried to speak over your life that you've agreed with? Is it the words that your friends or your neighbors or your family speaks over your life? Or is it the word that the Father has declared 
over your life saying that you are redeemed, that you are sanctified, that you are perfect, saying that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, saying that you're more than a conqueror through him that loved us. Paul said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities. What does it say? For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I know there's some of you out there who are listening who have felt all downtrodden and felt depressed and because your life may not be going the direction you think it's going or there's just disappointments and you think you can't make it. Well, you know, the Bible says that His grace is sufficient and His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so what we need to do is ask the Father to, number one, give you wisdom and to give you discernment, but above all, to give you a new perspective. He said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so if we know the Holy Spirit reveals us the things of the Father, then we need to ask the Father to give us that new perspective, to take us up into the heavenly places as far as... The Bible says to think of things above and not beneath in the earth. To place our minds and our thoughts on Him. So that way when we're Peter, who's walking on the water to Jesus... You know, I told this story before that it says in the Bible... You know, Peter... And it's like it's probably my, one of my favorite parables in the Bible... You know, Peter's walking to Jesus on the water. All the excitement of a little kid just jumps out of the boat and starts running toward Jesus because I'm going to, he's thinking in his heart, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to Jesus. Jesus wants me. I want him. I'm going to Jesus. And he's not even paying attention to what's around him because he doesn't need to. Because at those moments, at that moment when he's walking on the water to Jesus, Everything else is irrelevant because his eyes are set on the prize. And David said, he has become my exceeding great reward. But the second he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at his circumstances, his circumstances didn't point to Jesus. His circumstances pointed to his own ability. And then he looked not at at the waves, but then he looked at himself. And it was no longer him focusing on Jesus, wondering and knowing that Jesus was going to make him get him through it. His eyes were on his own abilities that he never had in the situation that he was now walking in faith in. And he started to fall. But, and he, but then he cried, Lord, help me. And even though his faith failed. Jesus still reached down and grabbed Peter and and lifted him back out of the water. 
But what we don't think about in that story is they still had to get back to the boat. So I'm assuming they walked back to the boat together. Because then his mind was put back on the Lord Jesus. And then the circumstance didn't matter anymore. You know, the Lord calls us to take steps of faith. And to do things by faith, whether it's praying for the sick, or raising the dead, or whatever it is in your life, whatever mountain or obstacle it is that you have in your life, that, you know, you don't have the ability to be on those mountains or to conquer those mountains or to lay hands on the sick. You're walking in a realm that you can only be sustained through faith, through the anointing and the presence of the Father and through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not about your abilities anymore because you're not operating in the realm of your abilities. You're just operating in the realm of your faith. If you want to operate in the realm of your abilities, then you have to come back down to earth and focus on earthly things and on the rules that the earth has put in place and abide by those. But no, when you take a step of faith and you start living your life by faith, and it says the just shall live by faith, well, then your abilities become irrelevant because now you're operating in the abilities of the Father, co-joined with you, create a miracle in this earth and it says when we are weak then he is strong and you see the glory of the father overshadow you and overshadow your situation and it's not it's no longer about what you can do because you've had the faith and trusting him and you've put your eyes on him and then you watch him carry you through it all and you watch the mountains just fly away from you you watch the people get out of the hospital beds. You watch the marriages get restored. You watch the crippled people start getting up and walking for the very first time. You watch the person who has a tumor who was told they can't make it for another couple months. You watch the tumor fall off of them. And you you know you've already left your abilities way back there. And that you're just standing there in faith. So at that point, it's no longer about what you could have done, but it's about him. Then everybody can bow their knees to the Lord Jesus Christ and give him the glory and the honor for what only he can do in this world. And that comes from having the perception and the perspective of his thought processes in our life and knowing what he thinks about us and we're knowing what his word declares in our circumstance. So you take the word of the enemy and you don't even worry about it because it says resist the enemy and he'll flee. And you put your mind and your thoughts and your hearts and your emotions and every bit of you and you focus it upon the Lord Jesus Christ and let his word be true. And you watch and be glorified in your life and in your relationships and in your marriage and in your children's lives. And you watch what happens when you walk into work tomorrow. And the whole atmosphere atmosphere feels different. Because then you realize that it wasn't just you that walked into work, but you just walked into work with the Father. 
and that today you are going to go to work together and you're going to think his thoughts throughout the day and you're going to keep your mind on, on him throughout the day. And then when the opportunity presents itself for you to boldly proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ or to pray for the sick or whatever it is, then you don't have to go run away because you don't know what to do or you don't think you're able. Because the word, the word of God already says that it's not about you, it's about him. And you just got to have the faith. And then you'll see miracles happen everywhere you go. And there won't be a place that you can walk in this earth. You know, he said to Joshua, every place the sole of your foot treads, I will give you. <laughs> which is great. But then Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Which means we don't even have to walk all the steps because it already all belongs to him. And he's already taken the authority and the dominion and given it to us as his ambassadors into this earth. And so all you got to do is say, Jesus Christ is Lord right now in this situation, over this situation. And then whatever the situation is, doesn't have a choice but to, the bow, but to bow to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he gets all the glory and the honor for what he is doing in this earth. So it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what the skeptics say. Because we know that the Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified. Because he, he already has been. And all we have to do is walk in it. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. We're going to take a quick break, and um, Chris Herzog will be in the studio in just a minute. So if you need prayer, give us a call.
put your prayer requests in there. I, I know some of you said, you know, you hoped it was okay to put those prayer requests in there. That's what we want. So feel free. We're here for you. This ministry is for you. You know, Jesus told us to pray without ceasing, to pray continually, to lift each other up, bear one another's burdens, to agree in prayer. And when two or more are gathered together, he's in the midst. And when two or more agree in prayer and touch anything, it shall be done. And we agree. Sean and I agree. My wife and I agree. Prayer International agrees that when we get in agreement with Jesus together, things happen. And so get hooked up with us in the Holy Ghost because we're going to go some places tonight. All right, praise God. Well, here we go. So looks like we've got Buck Wilds, we've got Cherished, Cherished 1993, JC Overcomer Ministries, Cheryl, good to see you back. Uh, Johnson K, Mark 777, and Rosemary for Jesus. Praise God. Hey, we're just glad you guys are here and you girls are here. And uh, I think it's Kiana and uh, Johnson K. I think that's right. If that's not right, put your real name in there because I, I keep calling you Johnson K and I know that's not right. So anyways, hey, uh we're going to lift you guys up. Listen, we're lifting your families up. If you've got ministries, if you're on blog, talk, radio, we've got uh, different documentations that we're praying for your ministries, praying for your radio shows. Just believe in God to pour out in your midst so you can know that. If you're hooked up with us, we are covering you in prayer. So let's go before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, we just give you praise. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're a good God. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, that we can join together with our spiritual family. You told us to come together in one accord, to gather at your feet, and to lift our voices with thanksgiving in our hearts, and to come into your courts with praise, Father. So tonight, Lord, we lift our voices in one accord, Father, with everyone in the prayer room and in the chat room, Father, those that are listening via Blog Talk Radio or however they're getting in touch with us. And, Father, we pray for those around the world right now, Lord God. And, Father, we want to lift up a watch around the globe and just ask that your spirit would pour out. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, just as the waters are covering the sea, that your Holy Spirit would cover the earth, Father. And we just thank you, Father, that your kingdom is being established and your will is being done. Father, we ask that you bless the United States of America. Father, that you bless our nation as we pray in one accord in agreement that you would appoint righteous leaders, that you would appoint righteous people in office, that you would begin to bring righteous lawmakers, righteous judges, and that you, Father God, would establish your kingdom here in the United States of America and in the North American continent. Father, we also pray for Australia. Father, we ask that you would move in a mighty way, Father, and that you would shake that nation for the glory of God, that you would stir up the people of Australia, for Jesus. Stir up America, for Jesus. Stir up Jerusalem and Israel. In the Middle East, Father, we pray for peace in the Middle East. Peace over Jerusalem, prosperity over Jerusalem, Father. We just pray, Father, that they would know Jesus as the Messiah. Father, we just pray, Father God, as these prayer requests are coming in, Father, we pray that you raise up laborers and send them forth into the harvest, send them into the four corners of the earth, Father, that you would raise them up to send them to the continents, Lord, to the nations, to the different countries, the different 
tribes, different tongues and kindreds of people, Father, that, Lord, you would help people even translate the gospel in languages that have never been translated before, Father, and that, Lord, you would get your gospel into every area, every remote area of our nation. We pray, Father, for a shaking and a moving of evangelism, Father, a prophetic, Holy Ghost-filled, fruit-filled evangelism, Lord, where the power and the character of Jesus is pouring out all over the nations and lives are being transformed. By the glory of God, Father, we pray, Lord, for the nations to come to the knowledge of the truth. We pray to send laborers out into the harvest. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Lord Jesus, we just give you praise and we just give you glory. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you are touching lives, that you're raising up godly leaders, Lord, in the church, in the business realm raising up godly leaders in the media, raising up godly leaders in politics and in the government arena. Father, we pray for Holy Ghost educators. That, Father, you would affect the seven pillars of culture in our nation and in Australia and the nations of the earth, that the pillars of culture would be transformed by the glory of God. And we pray your kingdom come and your will be done, Jesus, that you would reveal the love of God you would reveal the, the wisdom of God to the nation. And, Lord, use us to do it. Bless these ministers. Bless these ministries. Bless these Christian brothers and sisters that are putting themselves on the front line, laying down their lives for the gospel's sake, those that are being a testimony to your goodness, those that are sharing your love with their families, those that are sharing your love with their friends and their neighbors and their coworkers, their, their classmates, wherever they're at, those even in their, Lord, just whatever sphere of influence that they're in, Lord, that you would manifest your glory, manifest your love through them to this lost and dying world. Lord, I thank you that you're using your people to be effective, to reach for the glory of God. And, Lord, right now, Father, we just pray, Lord, uh, we've got another uh, prayer request we pray uh, for the Bible League that they would be tra- uh, financially supported and people would come in to help them translate the Bible into different languages. We just pray for the Bible League, Lord. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're equipping your people, Lord, to go forward in the power of your spirit. We thank you, Father God, that we are so encouraged, Lord, as you're touching and changing our lives. We just give you all the praise, Jesus. We just give you all the glory, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, make us thankful, people. Keep us thankful, people, Lord, grateful, people. But, Lord, we always have an attitude of gratitude, Father, and always welcome your presence in and through our lives. But tonight, Father, we acknowledge you as the source of everything in our lives. I pray for everyone listening tonight. But, Father, you would help them to, to acknowledge you as Jehovah Jireh, you would help them to acknowledge you as the provider. You would help them to acknowledge you as the source of every good blessing that comes from above, down from the Father of lights. And that, Father, you're a good Father that gives good gifts to your children. And, Father, they can ask for you. They can ask of you. And they can even ask from you because you're a good Father. So, Lord, just bless your children tonight, Lord. 
as we bless your name and we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen. Listen, if there were some prayer requests that were not answered, uh, I lost my chat room in the middle of this. It's back up now. But listen, uh, put, put them in. We'll try to get some more at the end of the show. Just know that if you don't hear your request prayed over the air, that we are praying, people are praying, and we are, you know, just praying certain things with our intercessors. That, of course, is kept discreet. And anything that you ask us to pray for on the air, uh, if you're specific in the chat room and say pray for this, it's probably going to go out on the air. Now, if you send it in an email and you say this is discreet and we don't want anybody to know about it, then we'll keep that discreet and nobody will know about it. So that's the way we do that. So uh, if you need to get a hold of us for Prayer International, www.prayerinternational.org. Uh, we're at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And the 619-638-8458 is the call-in number here. We also have an 800 number. Uh, if you ever need to get to it, it's uh, 1-800-701, what is that, 2785. And so go ahead and call that if you need to. We're trying to get better about checking the voicemails on that and, and returning uh, calls on that. So we'll just work with us and just pray that we can get better about that. Praise God. So we're going to go ahead and go into a small time of worship. And we're going to get into the Word of God. Tonight, I really just feel impressed. You know, the Lord's been just speaking to me personally about just developing my own ear to hear the voice of God. And so I've been doing some study on that. I just really feel like we're just in a time and a season where we need to hear God's voice specifically. We need to hear what God is saying to us specifically as a people, specifically as a family maybe or a church or a, a city or a country, maybe whatever you're going through specifically in your life. You need a specific word from God. And God wants to give you the detail so he can see you succeed in your life. So he can be the leader as he leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. He wants to be the good shepherd. As he says to you, this is the way. Walk ye in it. He says, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger. Will they not follow? And the deal with that is, we're going to get into this in a minute. I'm just kind of giving you a little introduction. See, if you're his sheep, you have the ability to hear his voice because he says the seeing eye and the hearing ear, the Lord has made them both, which means he's giving you a ear to hear if you'll choose to hear. But see, it says the voice of a stranger my sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and the voice of a stranger will they not follow. What that says is there's strange voices out there. There's other voices out there. Maybe it's man's voice. Maybe it's the enemy's voice. But there's detours and distractions out there. To turn your focus and turn your attention away from the leading of God, the voice of God, or the word of God, the specific word from or word of God, your life. 
And so we're going to just kind of skim the surface on that tonight because, uh, you know, we could probably talk for weeks on that subject and never, never really touch enough on it. So anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. We're going into some worship, and then we're going to get back with some Word of God. Let the fire fall, let the wind blow Let the 
God, we're back, and just uh, taking some time to worship the Lord. You know, we just love to worship God on the show. You know, there was actually a few nights where all I really wanted to do is just worship, so I just kept cranking out the music, and, you know, I really didn't have a whole lot to say, and as you know, sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes I just want to pray and worship and just seek God, but I know there's a lot of need truth, there's a lot of need for encouragement and inspiration, and you know, that's what we want to do here at Prayer International, we want to encourage you to go forward in the things of God, we want to equip you to walk in your destiny and your assignment, also equip you and teach you how to handle your enemy, and then empower you as we pray that actually we can empower you. Truth is, we can't empower anybody. But the Holy Spirit can. And we can pray that he empowers you. And we can pray in agreement. You know, even Paul laid hands on Timothy and there were gifts imparted and, and impartations. Of course, we pray the only thing that's imparted on this show is the spirit of Christ, the spirit of truth, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. Okay? period, you know, the Holy Spirit, the word of truth. See, they that come to God, they're the ones that the Father is seeking to worship him. The Bible says the Father seeketh such to worship him, and they that come to God must come to him in spirit and in truth. And so we want to make sure whatever you receive on this show comes to you in spirit. And in truth, whatever you receive on Prayer International or from Chris Herzog or from Sean Holmberg or from our wives or anybody that's 
is in the chat room or anybody that gets on this show, we want to make sure it's Jesus, that it points you to Jesus, that the fruit of it is Jesus, the character of it is Jesus. Why? Well, one, we're a bunch of Jesus freaks on this show. We love Christ. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you straight up, see people that are perishing, it is foolishness. If you're going to hell and you're living like hell and you're living for the devil, then why in the world would you want to go to church? Why in the world would you want to talk about Jesus? If you're living for Christ and you're actually his, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and your motivation in life is to please the Father. But let me tell you something. This is no big thing. This is old hat. This is everyday living. This is normal Christianity. Normal Christianity. You know what that is? Love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Love God. Imitate Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. So tonight we're going to talk about hearing God. I know I'm chasing rabbits. Sometimes I just kind of go off a little bit. But you know, tonight I just want to talk a little bit about hearing God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8.3, it says that man shall not live by every word. Or it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word, sorry, that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. It says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, or out of the mouth of the Lord. Okay, so there's there's no question about it. Look, we know God speaks to us through the written word. It's called the logos, if you're a Greek scholar or a student of the Bible, the Logos word, the written word, okay, and the written word contains the mind and the will of God, and the scriptures are definitely a gold mine. They cover every aspect of life. We know God speaks to us through the written word, okay, but it's one thing to read a book, and it's quite another to know the author. Until you know the author of the Holy Spirit, until he makes the word come alive, it's just ink on paper. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll never experience the flow of the life of God that comes through the Word. See, Paul said this. He said, the letter kills. The letter of the law kills. But the Spirit gives life. He said, look, do you, and you're going to hear this over and over and over and over. In fact, you're going to get so used to this. It's going to become a part of you. But Jesus said, look, you search the scriptures because you think in them they have eternal life. But it's me that they testify of. What he was saying is you can read the Bible all you want to. But if it doesn't point you to Jesus Christ, the living Christ, the living God, the living spirit. And that Bible is just ink on paper. All right, so, you know, you've heard your whole life. We need to get in the word. People say, no, we need to get the word in us. But the bottom line is, yeah, we need to allow the word to just show us our hearts and our motives. 
whenever we begin to study the Bible, we need to realize that God really loves to communicate to people. He loves to talk to people. He loves to speak to people. Look, from the New Testament, you can read how clearly he communicated with Christ and with the disciples. Even in the book of Acts, how he communicated with what we call the apostles. He communicated with David. He communicated with Daniel and Moses and the prophets. And so as we read the Bible, we can see God loved to talk to people. He was very clear when he communicated with them. The Holy Spirit was quite capable of ministering words a lot. Did you know that before you could go down to the Christian bookstore, or the Jew, Jew, Jew uh, I don't, actually, I, I won't try to make a joke here because I hate to <laughs> make jokes when it comes to uh, God's people. Okay, so even the Jews, they didn't have a Barnes and Noble to run down to, Simon and Schuster, whatever you want to call it. Okay, they couldn't go down and buy a Bible anytime they wanted to. These men had to go into the temple and they had to have scrolls written to them. They had to have these men get up, these teachers of the law, get up and read to them the scriptures, read to them the Torah, the Tanakh. Here the disciples that watched with Jesus, Jesus would go into the temple, he would quote the scriptures, he would read from the scrolls. But the bottom line is, is these men, all they had were the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit written on their hearts. They had the Word of God written on their hearts. Even God himself said, there will come a day when you don't need a man to teach you, but the anointing that's within you shall teach you all things. So why am I saying all this? I'm trying to lay a foundation to let you understand this. Okay, see, there's a group of people out there that think that, that because the Bible is complete and because we have the Word of God, because we just need to get into the Bible. But we don't need the gifts of the Spirit, or we don't need fresh experience or expressions of worship. They think that we don't need God to speak to us in a variety of ways, that we don't need personal instruction and guidance in the things of God that concerns our lives. They think we just need the Bible. Now, I agree. We need to have a foundation in the Word of God. We need to have a foundation. In the Word of God. And I will say there is no replacement for the Word of God. I see uh, that in the chat room. There is not a replacement for the Word of God. I lost my chat room uh, again. So bear with me. Been a rough night. I don't know why we've got uh, so many connection problems tonight. But you know. This is the thing. If the Word of God isn't pointing you to the Spirit of Christ, and it's not living and it's not fresh, let me put it this way. Okay, look, early, early in our Christian walk, we can just open up the Bible verse of Scripture, and Scripture just kind of jumped off the pages. You know, and sometimes they still do. 
But the bottom line is, you know, and God will seek us through the word like that, but God calls us to know him intimately. God calls us to get to know him and be more acquainted with him. David said this in Psalm 25, verse 4. He said, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. And the only way we can learn to know God's ways is to be intimate with him. And, and it's more than just a Bible study. Do you understand that? We need the Bible. But we need his spirit. See, we, we worship him in spirit and in truth. See, the only way we're going to get to know God's voice and get to know God, see, just as a husband and a wife grow together and know one another, we can grow in, a, in an intimate knowledge with God. We can have his thoughts in specific situations. Just like you would know sometimes what someone else might do in a situation because you've been around them long enough. That's how it is with the Lord. Eventually you become one. And you begin to know what is the mind of the Lord and what is the heart of the Lord. Why? Because see, you get that engrafted word of truth on the inside of you, which is able to save your soul. And it transforms you in the renewing of your mind. And when you're transformed in the renewing of your mind, you can cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And when you cast down the vain imaginations and every high thing that's exalted against the knowledge of Christ, what that does is it puts everything back in perspective in your own mind, and at that point, Christ takes the authority again in your mind. Christ takes the authority again in your life, and all things in your life are subjected under his feet. And not to say that they weren't subjected from the get-go, but see, when we don't have the right mindset, and we don't have the right heart, we can't open up to the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God is within you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Jesus said eternal life is to know the Father. And it's a knowing. The will of God isn't necessarily a, a place as much as it's a frame of mind. Now, the will of God will bring you to places. The will of God is just being heart-to-heart with God, being so in tune, so in step, in lockstep. See, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Maybe you're wondering what this has to do with hearing the Lord. I'm laying a foundation. See, we do this seven days a week, so I can start today and finish tomorrow. Well, I can start today and finish next week because we're going, well, we're trying to go 365 days a year. So I'm going to start here. I'm laying a foundation. The Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the foundation we're laying first is Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Get that. Christ Jesus Christ. He's the foundation here. The Spirit of Christ, the Word of Christ, the Father God of Christ, And this world was made, all things were made by him, for him, and through him were all things made for his good pleasure, not yours. And God does whatever he pleases. And that's going to be part of the foundation that we lay as far as in word. Now, the bottom line is Christ is our foundation. There is no other. And I want you to know that. I want you to, whatever denomination or whatever religion or whatever you want to subscribe to, let me say this. Jesus Christ, the Lord, 
if you want to call him in his Hebrew name, Yeshua, Hamashiach. Okay, however you want to say it. Believe me, I've studied Greek and Hebrew and English and Spanish. <laughs> okay, and no matter which way you say it, Jesus is Jesus and he is Lord. It doesn't matter what tongue you say it in. It doesn't matter what tribe you're from. It doesn't matter what kindred of people. It doesn't matter what language you want to say it in. He's still God and he's still Lord and he's still foundation. And if there's any other foundation in your life, Paul called it dung. He said, this is what it amounts to. Jesus said it like this. You can have a foundation, but if it's not on the word of God and on obedience and hearing God's voice and doing it, then when the winds and storms of life come, they'll knock down the house that's built on sand. They'll knock down the house that's not built on a strong foundation. And in the same way, if you're not founded, if Jesus Christ isn't your chief cornerstone, then your foundation is very shaky. If you think you're going to get to heaven based on your own merits or what you did or how great you prayed or how strong you believed, let me tell you something. The only way you're getting into heaven is by the blood of Jesus Christ the Bible equates your righteousness and your holiness and your goodness and every good thing you ever thought you did. The Bible equates it to filthy rags. Now, are there reward systems in heaven for obedience to what God says to do? Yes. The Bible itself says God's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay, why would God want us to obey his voice? if he didn't have something specific for us to obey. So give me just a second. I'm going to try to get back into the uh, chat room. I've been out of there for a minute. So I'm going to try to refresh and see what happens here. Praise God. So, you know, we're just blessed. We're just praising the Lord. And God is good. So the bottom line is there's a written word. And there's no replacement for the written word. But knowing God is more than reading the Bible through in a year and memorizing impressive numbers of Bible verses. See, there's a preceding word. There's a there's a rhema word. There's a living word. There's a life-giving word. And the Deuteronomy 8.3 also, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. We need to realize that there's a proceeding word in the realm of Christianity. There's a spoken, living now word in the realm of Christianity. See, God has specific things for you to do now. And not all those specific things are outlined specifically in the Bible. Now, the way you conduct yourself while you do those specific things may be outlined in the Bible. But the specifics, God writes those things on your heart. God said, I will write my law on their hearts. They will be living epistles read of all men. 
So God says, today if you hear his voice in Hebrews, don't harden your hearts as your fathers did or as the Israelites did back in the day of Moses. Okay, but today if you hear his voice, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying and have a heart to obey what the Spirit is saying to obey. There's a perceiving word. Okay. Really, the, the perceiving word, that realm of Christianity is very, uh, there's a very small number of Christians that have embraced the perceiving word. There's a very small number of Christians that understand, the very small number of people in church that understand what the perceiving living word of God is. And what I mean by that is God speaks to people today by the Holy Spirit, specifically to men and women. He speaks to them. They are his sheep, and they hear his voice. And I don't mean just through the Bible. I don't mean only through the Bible. Now, I don't think that we can add to or take away from the Bible. I think that is demonic. And I think that God himself says, we'll be cursed. But I do believe that there are specific now words. You see, if... I go through the grocery line tomorrow. And while I'm standing in the grocery line, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and whispers in my spirit and says, do you see the woman that's checking your groceries? Yes, Lord. She's got a family member in the hospital. And she's very heart sick. She's, she's, she's very downcast about this family member. I'm going to heal this family member and I want you to tell her so she doesn't have to be downcast anymore. I want you to tell her so she can rejoice. I want you to tell her so she doesn't have to be depressed anymore. She's got faith in me and she's been believing me. Now, Chris, I want you to tell her. Now, if I open up the Bible, I may read something that says, always be ready to give an account of the joy and the hope that's within you. But if I open up my Bible, I'm not going to see in my Bible it says, Chris, tell the checker, tell the, the lady at the cash register that's ringing up your groceries about her family member in the hospital or her sick family member I'm going to heal so that she can rejoice and be not depressed anymore. But what happens is God speaks things to our hearts and gives us impressions by his spirit, leads us. All right, sorry, I'm just reading. uh, I just got my chat room back. Give me me a brief moment. Let's sit down and pause for just a second. Okay, I'm just trying to see where everybody's coming from. Okay, bottom line. Look, if the Holy Spirit impresses me to share something with somebody specifically, I can look in the Word and get instructions on how I should go about doing that. I should be bold. I should not fear because the, the Lord says, I will give you the words to speak when I set you before great men or when I set you before the counselors or the judges. 
constantly we read about how God's telling his people he's going to give them words to speak. Constantly we read the Bible about how he was speaking to men and women to do or say specific things. Yet, many times in our churches and many times in our what we call the new dispensation Christianity, whatever, we reduce God to a Bible study only. And we deny the truth. We trade the truth of God for a lie. We deny the power of God by the traditions of men. And so I do not uh, separate the Bible from the Word of God. I, I think that everything that God speaks to my spirit had better line up word for word, case in point, with that Bible and be in line with the flow and with the heart and the spirit of the love of God, the humility of God, the truth of God. See, if the fruit of the spirit and the character of the spirit and the power of the spirit is in the specifics of what you're feeling in your spirit or what you're feeling in your heart, then you can check the word and test the spirit. And you can know that God is is in the middle of it. And I'm just here to tell you that. See, God wants to speak and lead and guide his people specifically in this day and hour, not just with the Bible. Although there's no substitute for the Bible. There's no other books we need to add to the Bible. So understand what I'm saying. There's no other scriptures. Okay, I believe in Genesis through Malachi for the Old Testament. And I believe in Matthew all the way to Revelation for the New Testament. I believe in both. I preach and I teach and I read and I incorporate both the Old and the New Testament in my understanding of Christianity, my understanding of Jehovah God, and my understanding of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Lord, the God, the Savior, the Son of God, the God-man who lived a sinless life was born of a virgin. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, ever ready to make intercession for us and to judge the living and the dead. And one day, the skies are going to split, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be on a white horse and it's going to be called faithful and true. And let me tell you something. The angels of God are going to be with him. And all the power and glory of heaven is going to be in his midst behind him, backing him up. And all kinds of stuff is going to break loose. But let me tell you something. Yes, we pray to the Father in Jesus' name and our prayers will be answered. Well, let me tell you something. There's many a prayer I prayed when I didn't even know to say hallelujah when I should have said hallelujah. And I didn't know all the dogmatic theological things to say. But you can believe the Lord was answering my prayers because I was praying according to the Spirit. There were times when I didn't even know the Word of God as a young Christian, but the Word of God would come out of my mouth in prayer because the Holy Spirit was inside of me. Nobody had taught it to me yet. I hadn't read all the Bible yet. 
All I'm saying is this. We can get so far removed from what God wants to do in the hearts of people and in the lives of people because we turn into modern-day Pharisees and modern-day Sadducees and modern-day teachers of the law. No better than those guys in Jesus' day that hung out in the temple and threw rock prostitutes. I mean, come on. And maybe that offends somebody, and I'm sorry if it does. But nowadays, we sit in our temples acting just like modern-day Pharisees, seeing who we can throw the next rock at when we should be out of the four walls, reaching out to the lost, loving the unlovable. See, it's the sick that need the physicians. Jesus said those that are well, those that are healed, they don't need a doctor. The people that think they're saved, the people that think they got it all together, they don't need a savior. But the ones that know they're miserable, the ones that know they're wounded, the ones that know they're they're blind and naked and in need, the ones that know that they've messed their lives up and they need a savior, they're the ones that Jesus Jesus said, I came to call the sinners to repentance. What am I saying? I'm just saying sometimes we need to reevaluate and really see where our Christianity is rooted. Are we really rooted in the heart of God? Are we rooted in Christ? Is Christ Jesus the foundation of our lives? Now, am I making excuses for sin or saying we need to live our lives full of sin? No. No, I'm not. We need to live holy lives. See, I, I take it a step further. I believe God's sovereign. I believe God has already chosen before the foundation of the earth who's his. But I also believe that he commands us to pray And he commands us to live holy lives. And if we don't pray and live holy lives like he commands us to do, just like Saul of Tarsus, he can knock you off your high horse and blind your eyes out and have you crawling around on the floor for days and twist your arm behind your back till you scream uncle until you're ready to submit and commit yourself to his will and his lordship. Now, I'm not saying God does that to everybody, because he is a good God. Well, let me tell you something. I mean, to read it. Read read what happened to Saul, the, the Christian killer, who later became Paul, who wrote two-thirds of your New Testament from jail, mind you. From jail. He was a jailbird. But yet, you read the Bible... And so do I. I love the Bible. It's the word of God. It's the word of truth, and it's precious, and it's holy. But, you know, bottom line is, God will do what he will. And his desire is to conform you into his image, conform you into his will, and get you to a place where you can hear his voice. Hey, I had no idea. We're at 12 o'clock already. Listen, this is Prayer International Radio. I'm going to have to get into this next tomorrow night. Look, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We wish you the best. And uh, tomorrow night we're going to be back. I have no idea we were running this like Prayer International Radio, 619-638-8458. Check out the website, www.prayerinternational.org. Bless you.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.